welcome back to the Fashion Potluck podcast series. My name is Julia and I'm the Chief Marketing Officer of Fashion Potluck. In our third episode of the Inspiration series, we will talk to Marie Vesilova, who is our guest today. Marie is an entrepreneur organizing magical events for women and partially living on a boat. Good morning, Marie. Good morning. Hello to all the listeners of yeah. the podcast. How are you today? Ah, actually, very good. It's super windy in Amsterdam. I was almost blown windy. away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Marie, you currently live in Amsterdam with your husband, Florian. Uh, you are not from the Netherlands originally, and you moved here from what I know a couple of years ago. How did you move here and, and why? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Um, I actually moved to Amsterdam almost five years ago. And from my personal observations, um, there are two main reasons why people immigrate to the Netherlands. And it's uh, either chasing your dream and uh, following your missions, mm -hmm. like uh, many startups do, as we know from TQ as well. Yeah. Or reuniting with uh, the love of your life. And uh, bingo, I had it all. Oh, <laughs> I had, had both, both of the reasons. Okay. <laughs> I moved to study social entrepreneurship in the Alternative Business School in Amsterdam. Okay. And I also moved to build relationship with my Dutch partner and uh, now husband, Florian. Okay. And you met you met him before. You met him offline or online. How did you meet him? Ah, it's actually a cool story because uh, at some point in my life, I was uh, a little bit uh, bored of what I did because I did for eight or nine years uh, digital marketing. Okay. So I was a professional marketer. And uh, at some point, I got a little bit bored and I tried to change different uh, fields, different areas, uh, like from extreme sports to designer furniture. Uh, and I also took several educational courses. And uh, one of them, the marketing camp, mm -hmm. took place in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. So we went to different creative agencies, uh, exchanged experiences. And there I actually met my husband, Florian, because we had several, how do you say, workshops, educational workshops. Okay. And uh, he was my teacher, basically. Oh, he was a lecturer. Okay. Yes, he was a lecturer. So yeah, it's, it's a funny one. It's a good one to, to tell your kids, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Very cool. And uh, what did you leave behind in Russia? Was it hard for you to move to the Netherlands? Did you have to leave actually a lot? Uh, yeah, I would say that I lived quite a full life there. Okay. So I had a good job, an international company, nice group of friends, family next to me, which is important, a uh, cool apartment next to the park. And you uh, are from Moscow, right? I'm from Moscow, yeah. yes. Okay. And, uh, you know, like also lots of fancy going out and uh, high heels, mm -hmm. uh, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So for many years, I worked there as a digital marketer. And... Um, most of the time I spend basically behind the computer uh, with the assumption that people is not really my thing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and communication as well. But uh, That's actually funny knowing what you do now, but we'll get to it later. Yes, exactly, exactly. Because, like, I, I'm, I'm really super fan of uh, what's happening right now because like there's so much knowledge around about how to work with your assumptions, your judgments. And like people really start to think, okay, why do I think that way? And I thought that's... People are not really my thing. Okay. But uh, I just felt I, I was looking for a change, uh, for more meaning in what I do, for more uh, flow in my work and mm -hmm. for more joy. So uh, this desire led me at some point to take several educational courses. And one of them, as I told, I met my husband, Florian. And um, it seems to like that uh, that would be the point where I moved to Amsterdam. But uh, 
at the at the time my life also took a little bit of loop okay uh, because um, I should have moved to Spain afterwards and uh, take um, uh, kind of study winemaking there. But, winemaking, um, very nice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I thought that would be my second degree uh, on the first degree. I'm a journalist, but uh, then I wanted to study winemaking. Um, but uh, kind of Spanish manana decided differently. So <laughs> it was a really kind of dramatic story there. Oh, okay. um, And at the last moment, when I already decided to immigrate, to move to European country, mm-hmm. And I uh, rented out their apartment, I quit my job, so everything was ready for me to move on. Uh, Florian told me about an alternative business school, and I actually enrolled. And it was like so amazing because it took me three or four days to apply and get accepted. Mm -hmm. Yes, and get accepted basically. So it took me more than half of a year of really hard effort to, um, to actually get to Spanish university whilst. In Amsterdam, everything happens like in a flow in uh, less than a week. Maybe, maybe because it ha- like it was supposed to happen this way, or as yeah, as in a good story. Like um, after several plot twists, I'm actually here in the place where I belong. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, maybe yes. that's why it was uh, so easy. But how was it um, uh, to adapt in Amsterdam? Was it hard for you, or did you feel at the right place, as you say now, instantly? Mm, I think. I feel quite blessed in that and um, very, very grateful, I would say. I had a rather smooth transition, um, thanks to my dedicated um, Dutch husband, who shared <laughs> with me in a funny way all the like cultural aspects and uh, thanks to my environment in on the first stage. I studied uh, at an international business school uh, with people from Brazil, from Germany, from Denmark, so right away I felt the vibrant mix of Amsterdam with the uh, young blood, with a mix of nationalities and uh, lots of creativity and innovations. So for me, immigration wasn't really the isolation um, on the first place because helping hands were pretty much everywhere. Okay, well, that's, that's definitely really good. And did you like Amsterdam right away or it took you some time to fall in love with the city? <laughs> it's actually quite funny as well because uh, I thought that I would uh, live in Barcelona and I really like warm surrounding, <laughs> warm Beaches, environment, uh, yeah. yes, <laughs> and sun every day. But uh, the first time I was in Amsterdam in October in the, in the worst possible weather ever, I think, because it was like drizzling rain, it was with really, really like... Sometimes hail. Hail, and <laughs> yes, exactly, with the strong winds that goes kind of blows to the bones. And I was like walking along the canals and I was thinking, such a blessing. I really like it here. <laughs> That's really funny. Yes. Yes. So like you probably just felt uh, internally comfortable and that made you feel happy, never mind the rain. And, yeah, know. good point. I never felt about like I never actually thought yeah. about that. But uh, yes, that, that's a good one because, yeah, um, yeah on the atmosphere and uh, how do you say it? Um, yeah, comfort, atmosphere, everything in Amsterdam just gave me this feeling of, okay, you're home. Yeah, happiness, comfort, yeah, the right place. Because exactly. I think when you're at the right place, you actually feel, okay, I belong here. True. So, yeah. Okay, <clears throat> so recently <clears throat> I found out that you uh, you actually started a website called Authentic Dutch Brands, right? Right. You started it. 
Yes, I did. It's actually、um, funny because like I I met you like two years after I've been using it. I remember from my <laughs> at my work, I will be using this website to find brands and to you know approach them, and then. Like a few days ago, I found out that you actually made it. That's actually quite interesting. Oh, that's great! You're a part of the audience. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you for doing that. <laughs> and I would never think that it's actually、uh, a non-Dutch person doing that. That's actually quite amazing. That was quite a challenge.、Um, yeah, so I think I will also like tell the story.、Mm-hmm. Um, after I finished this social entrepreneurship education in Amsterdam. I started this project, and、um, basically, what I did, I helped local brands to introduce themselves for international market for、okay. uh, experts and tourists, because you know that Dutch people really like this concept of go local. So、mm-hmm. I don't have to tell them about local brands because they really know it、yeah. well. But for international audience,、uh, I just wanted to.、Um, Show the old, all the variety, all the creativity and innovation, and all the social aspects that Dutch brands really like have good approach、yeah. with.、Um, and on this、uh, website <coughs> platform, I created、uh, like a big catalog of Dutch brands,、mm-hmm. and also made a series of、uh, interviews with founders, with the creators, and、uh, it was actually lots of fun. And uh, still, the、um, like、Dutch creators are. Truly amazing. So I'm still following lots of brands、uh, on social media、mm-hmm. and admire their branding, their positioning, their storytelling. Yeah, they、brands. were really nice. I remember all you had a lot. I think dozens of brands, and they were really, they were really nice. Many of them. Yeah.、Uh, and the website is not working now. Why did you decide to to quit? To stop it,、uh, I put quite a lot of effort in uh, creating uh, the project,、mm-hmm. and、um, it took a while.、Uh, so I think for more than a year, I was doing that constantly. It was like my、um, almost like a full-time job, and next to it, I had some freelance for、um, for marketing for extreme companies, extreme sport companies. Okay.、Uh, so at some point, I just understood that、uh, the amount of Effort doesn't actually reflect in the amount of、um, value、Game. that I get、yeah. get back because、uh, it's good to invest and like do things for other people, but it's also kind of good to get something back yeah, financially as well. Because、mm-hmm. if you really want to sustain yourself in a city like Amsterdam, you know that the rent is quite high, everything like all the prices are quite high, so you have to really fit financially、yeah. with that.、Mm-hmm. So basically, it wasn't bringing profit, and you decided to move on to something else. Yeah, it was bringing profit, but、uh, it was so small that I thought, okay, well, I really need to rethink what I do because after social entrepreneurship education, I really put attention、uh, into things that bring value. But I wanted to do it in a more sustainable way, also for myself as well.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I totally understand. Living in Amsterdam, you can't <laughs> afford just doing things for the sake of art. <laughs> so maybe at some point you can, but before that, you need to work. Maybe、hard. if you have allowance or something like that. But yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should think of that. <laughs> okay.、Um, so as I mentioned in the beginning. You are now partially living on a boat, and I know that some time ago you were actually fully like living on a boat.、Mm-hmm. And the, from what I found about you,、uh, it happened after you guys watched the talented Mr. Ripley. Is it, is, is it correct? <laughs> so you fell in love with the idea of owning a boat, and you just you just got it without any knowledge about it. 
Uh, yeah, I, I would say that uh, we took this uh, first step extremely quick um, after basically two weeks after watching this talented Mr. Wow, Weekly. that's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, and I think also it's good to share the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so as an experiment, we for a year and a half lived um, on a boat. We were like liveaboards with my husband, how it's called. Uh, we lived on our sailing yacht uh, full time, also in the winter. And I think that uh, this type of big decisions uh, never come spontaneously in the way that they gradually change your life. So we lived in a nice apartment uh, next to Javastrad in Amsterdam. Okay. And uh, yeah, one day we were watching uh, Talented Mr. Ripley and uh, my husband asked me, uh, it would be nice to have a sailing boat, right? And like I thought it was a rhetorical question. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, who would say no to that? Right? Precisely. <laughs> So little did I know that two weeks later, uh, Florian would come to me and show me our future first boat. Wow. (laughs) And uh, after a couple of weeks of my frustration, he actually bought it. And then we started to learn pretty much everything, how everything on the boat works, how to repair, how to sail. And uh, on this first boat, we eventually started to leave. So we moved on board in May. Mm-hmm. So it's a good start for the Dutch weather. Yeah, yeah um, And then we stayed for a year and a half. Okay. Wow. So how long did it take you to settle down, to learn the basics and actually settle your down, life down? Um, that's quite interesting because it took very short if you compare it to... Um, to how usually people manage this process, because now we are very much equated with all the sailing forums, mm-hmm. we have lots of connections, so we know the personal stories, and usually it takes really a while, and people perceive it as a very complicated thing, very complex yeah. and complicated thing. But the point is, basically, pretty much everything that we see around us is pretended to be twice harder than it actually is. Okay. So it's important to understand some basics, really start to apply it and experiment a lot. So the first boat wasn't, I would say, that expensive. So we could allow ourselves to really be curious about it and actually experiment a lot and sometimes do a little mistakes here and there, never crucial mistakes. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that, that really helped. So we... I think it took us about half a year to actually learn everything that I just mentioned. Okay. With sailing as well. Yeah, that's pretty good. And you guys didn't have any experience in it before. I think Florian had a little experience before because Dutch people are amazing in that. They all, in some way, know something about sailing or boats. That's true. It's a big thing here. (laughs) Yes, but uh, me never. So I had this dream, actually, that at some point in my life, I would um, either have a sailing boat or be a member of a sailing community. So basically your dreams, uh, they matched. His dream and your dream, they matched. Exactly. But I actually thought that it would happen somewhere like when I'm 45 plus or something. (laughs) (laughs) In a nice polo, you know, in the country club. But uh, yeah, it happened a bit earlier. Very cool. How would you describe living on uh, on a boat in three words? Uh, I would say adventure every day <laughs> okay uh, literally that um, because every day something happens or you make it happen so um, for example one day especially when you have uh, 
a big network in the marina, there's always something. So you're either helping somebody with something, or you have a little party, or you have a little trip and you explore the new area, or sometimes even like bad things happen. So like, for example, in our experience, uh, our friend's boat just sunk in the marina, which sometimes happened with the boats. Um, yeah, so we had, like, we woke up one morning, like, took our morning coffee on the cockpit, and we felt that something is not right in the landscape, and we just saw that the mast of our friend was, like, sticking out of the water, so... Oh, no. Yeah, and we were like, fuck. Sorry for (laughs) for the F word for the podcast, but um, that's, uh, yeah, that's the natural reaction, so everybody, I was really impressed about how fast people gathered together to actually help. Because you can save quite a lot if you do everything fast. Okay. So he actually, uh, how, how do you say it, saved his boat. So he invested quite a lot of time and effort in uh, redoing things on yeah. the boat, electronics especially. Mm-hmm. But now it's afloat again. So this type of thing sometimes happens well. So it's not only all like fun and flowers and unicorns. But uh, yeah, and you're all, all the time busy with things. That's, that's nice. So adventure. And what else? Um, yeah, I would say that um, live a bored lifestyle, uh, have uh, quite a lot of pros, more than cons. Okay, that's a good And point. Um, it creates a very healthy lifestyle and adventures as well. So you move more, you're outdoors a lot, uh, sailing or sunset cruising with your friends or having coffee on a cockpit or mm-hmm. reading in a hammock. So you also really kind of rethink your relationships with things. Naturally, you become a minimalist, surrounding yourself with only essentials. And um, also important point that you kind of have a waterfront property, uh, which is a significant like, thing yeah. in Amsterdam. A very expensive thing in Amsterdam. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and um, I think uh, last but not least, that you can literally take your house with you pretty much uh, anywhere, anywhere you yeah. travel. Did you guys travel to any other country with a boat? Uh, not on this boat. Uh, we're planning to do it this summer because we sail mostly around Netherlands and uh, um, waters here are so different, so diverse, that you can also not only hop on different, um, how do you say, uh, interesting places on land, but also experience different like rough seas and the lakes and everything, um, and really shallow places mm-hmm. as well. So it's an interesting challenge. Um, mm-hmm. But this summer we are striving to sail to Portugal. Oh, nice. And before that, we also sailed in different countries, like in Sri Lanka, we professionally taught people how to sail. Perfect. And I organized events there after we actually learned everything ourselves. But your business wasn't uh, up yet? The it wasn't moment. up yet. Okay. But I just got the feeling that, oh, wow, creating events for other people <laughs> is actually a really, really great job. So you have um, your community of women. It's called Amsterdam on Board. Could you tell us the story behind it? So. I'm assuming that the first step towards it was the Sri Lanka event, where you brought like events on Sri Lanka, where you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So when did you start your community and yeah, why? Why did you decide to do it? Uh, well, uh, Amsterdam on board is uh, basically two things in one. Uh, first, it's a vibrant 
vibrant community of um, uh, Russian-speaking female experts. Mm -hmm. uh, and next to it, um, there's an event agency. Mm -hmm. I create private events for experts from fencing lessons to side saddle horse riding, from brainstorms to tax workshop for entrepreneurs, uh, from wine tastings to sailing cruises. Mm -hmm. uh, I help experts basically to learn more about uh, quality time, uh, finding new hobbies, uh, creating great connections, and I help ladies to um, find themselves in the new reality of immigration, uh, to brainstorm with them, to share experiences. And to be honest, I'm truly proud uh, of this business and the value that it brings into my client's life. And uh, the story behind it is quite funny. Uh, so through Instagram, uh, I met a wonderful girl, Tanya, who lived uh, and organized slow living events in Italy, Italy in yeah. Tuscany. Mm -hmm. And we met for a cup of coffee in the Harbor Cafe. And we thought, okay, well, I have a boat. She has a wine project. So why not to join our forces? Mm -hmm. So we decided to make a wine tasting cruise on the boat. And next day, in the shower, it hit me. I should gather fellow experts for more events on the boat and not only on the boat. And maybe I should build a whole community. Okay. Um, yeah, and from there, things started to roll. And um, I'm very grateful uh, to Tanya that she actually helped me to start this creative process. Well, that's very cool. So when did you start it? How many years ago was it? It was almost two years ago. Oh, nice. How big is your community now? How many women do you have? Uh, now it's a bit more than 1,200 Russian-speaking uh, female experts. That's a lot. It's only from Amsterdam and around, so there's more people. I'm just checking the statistics and, uh, uh, yeah. You, you mainly make events in Amsterdam. You don't go beyond Amsterdam. Uh, sometimes we do but uh, mostly like around Amsterdam, not super far. But in my plans is also to expand a bit because we have so many ladies on the north and on the south of the Netherlands yeah, who yeah, also exactly. want to create beautiful experiences. You actually can do it. For example, even like wine events, it would be interesting to go to the south of Netherlands where like Limburg, Maastricht yeah. area, where, where you have actually lots of wineries, wineries there. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Very cool. And how, how one can become a part of your community? Because I'm asking because many people probably do not know. Is it public or do you need to sign up for it? Do you, like, how does it work? Uh, it's actually quite simple because um, mostly I use Instagram like a tool like a community platform. Mm -hmm. So you can join uh, Instagram anytime. Uh, and uh, you can also join the events. Uh, the only thing that is needed uh, now is to uh, speak Russian language. Yeah, That's for now. Thing. <laughs> yeah, because I make quite a lot of private events also for international groups. Okay. Uh, I organize it uh, fully, but um, to join the events of the community, you kind of have to uh, speak the language. Yeah. Yes. I understand. And uh, I asked you this before the podcast, but we actually didn't finish the conversation. Would you want to consider having events for, let's say, Dutch women or just international expert groups? Like not, not I don't mean mixing, because mixing, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it might not work. And I think women of your community, they like having this Russian little community of women. But would you want to do 
uh, like more like uh, another community of international women and do similar events for them? Is it something from your plans? I think it's possible. Um, and what unites basically women in my community uh, is things that are quite international. So, uh, like, marketers really like this question. Who is your target audience, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I really appreciate this question, kind of. Uh, so, all the ladies are in the communities are different, but what unites them is ambitions, their love for quality time, their curiosity, their friendliness and open mind. And more or less, uh, it's women of my age with their own projects, are either business projects or creative ones. Uh, it's ladies with good taste, uh, ladies who want more from life. So basically, that can be ladies who speak any language. Uh, I just know personally from my experience that I really do understand uh, better what Russian-speaking experts go through in immigration. That's why I really can deliver value to, to them, them because mm -hmm. I know the needs and I know what they like, what they really truly enjoy. And I think it will take take time to uh, get to know another mentalities uh, in that way. And I know that, for example, in my um, international community in business school, I saw that sometimes like um, it can be rather unexpected, but uh, other nations are quite similar to ours, like uh, my Brazilian friends, for example. So I, I see the potential and I would like to really deliver the value but in order to do that, I really need to dive in and understand um, the needs of the community. Then. Yeah, that makes sense. No, absolutely makes sense. I, I totally understand what you're saying. It, it's a good challenge, I would say. Yeah. Especially, I think that the hardest challenge for me would be, and the most interesting one, is to create um, events for uh, Dutch ladies. I think, yeah, it's a really tough challenge in a way that they, they are so, um, how do you say, experienced um they travel a lot they um eagerly how do you say it uh explore naturally explore explore a lot of lots of things so yeah to satisfy the needs of that customer it's hard it's it's, it's really hard yes challenging yes, especially in their own countries yeah. yeah no i totally agree with you i, I would see that challenge in a way that uh, to really <laughs> Uh, understand the needs of a person you really need to also speak their language quite literally so that's what i'm working on right now to, really, learning to, to really speak the language um, so i can actually communicate better and really understand more the cultural aspects uh, the real kind of uh, second layer of communication what people like what people uh, need yeah yeah, yeah, I agree. And do you have any experience in uh, event management? Because uh, your events are quite, you know, fascinating. Like, I've been, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I've been to one of them, and I, I know, I know myself. I would like to attend more, of course, but uh, they are very well thought of. So there are a lot of details, and you pay attention to every every small thing. Do you have an experience in it, or it's just it's just natural for you? Um, I think in a way that. Um, that's also a learned skill mm -hmm. uh, and I think yeah if you really love to create beautiful events and uh, really gather people together um, it's probably not so hard to do that but this natural um, 
ability to just embrace people in their diversity and create some common experiences that really bring something to their life, that's the most challenging part. But uh, I would say, yes, because I moved to Amsterdam at some point, I really started to put a lot of attention to small rituals, you know? That's how you learn and how you learn aesthetics. Yeah. So first thing that I was, for example, really surprised when I moved here that every Saturday, uh, ladies would go to the market, like especially Dutch women. Yeah. And uh, they would buy themselves flowers. And I was like, wow, you buy you, you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, the small things, the small rituals really kind of start to change the quality of your life. And I just start to try to try to bring these experiences also in the event, like all the little details, little things that you can share to just bring more, to bring some kind of go an extra mile and bring something extra. Nice. Very cool. And how many events uh, do you organize per month, let's say? Um, I organize about 10 to 12 events for community per month. Per month. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one was, for example, um, the brainstorming sessions. And the next will be uh, watercolor plein air uh, in the dunes with a beautiful sunset meditation on the beach. That's actually the event, which is not in Amsterdam because we don't have yeah. sea here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, we go to Blumenthal for that. And for that, I invite the professional watercolor teacher and also yoga and meditation teacher. Nice. Yeah, so basically what you said right now is actually part of my next question. Is I read that you mentioned um, that you really like the infotainment form of, of events, which basically you just described. You combine the value with a good time spent. I think I would, I really love events where everybody just talks a lot and laughs a lot and learn uh, from each other and from the experience. Mm-hmm. I can't really say that I have one favorite type of event yet. And uh, here's why. Yeah, so I'm basically a, a scanner type of personality. I like to explore different fields, different ideas. So I build, I create experience, and uh, then I move to the different field. Uh, that's why the menu of the events is so diverse. So one day we can ride horses on a beautiful Hollandse Manege, uh, and another day we sail on the rough seas. And another day we have an intellectual dinner where we discuss uh, soft skills, vice versa, hard skills. It was uh, one of the recent events, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. And this diversity gives me real joy. Uh, it keeps my mind busy and it makes uh, my clients happy as well. So they can explore so many different fields and activities. And that's a good way to learn more about yourself and uh, your passions in life. Yeah, and also one important thing uh, about infotainment, because that was um, part of your question. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, the aim of uh, infotainment is to both um, inform and uh, entertain. Yeah. And I'm also a big uh, fan of um, project management concept that's called Dragon Dreaming. Uh, And one of the core principles um, there is that If it's not fun, it's not sustainable. And I think we learn a lot during games and fun activities. Uh, When you're relaxed and uh, when you're truly enjoying 
you kind of open your mind, you open your heart, and you also open your eyes because you start to see opportunities and you start to see good things around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I like the concept. That's very nice. So basically, you try to apply it to most of your events as well. To most of my events for, for the clients, but also if I uh, work with other people, uh, with uh, workshop givers, for example, or with teachers, I also try to work with them on this project on, because every event basically is a project I'm trying to give them this experience as well so for example uh, with one of the girls we are making a summer camp for adults in September and that is my one of my biggest dreams oh, nice. was, and I'm finally uh, realizing it and uh, one of the things that really makes me happy and her happy as well is that we're not just like gathering for like, okay, we need to do this task and this task and this task is quite boring, I would say. But like the same thing that I call like dragon dreaming, they have many things around it. And there's also like, um, how do you say it? A dream circle or dream wheel. Um, that's a process where you first think before starting the project, okay, you ask yourself, um, some kind of question like uh, what should happen in this project that afterwards I can say that was the best time investment ever <laughs> and then you just start to brainstorm and then you just co- discover for yourself there's like so many little things that for her it will be like one little detail for me another one and we try to just no matter what uh, apply it and really use these little things on the way and um, make it part of the project. And that's how people really enjoy working on yeah. any project. That's really nice. That's yeah, really nice. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, thought. Very cool. And uh, this summer camp, uh, how long How long will it be? It, uh, it will be um, for about a week, I think six days, actually. And it will be somewhere in a nice province in the Netherlands. I think that would be Trenta, but uh, we will see where exactly. So what I want to do is basically um, rent a big farmhouse and just create the whole full experience of a summer camp. It's a little bit different concept, uh, maybe not for like, not really understandable for a lot of experts, but what we Russian people do We know what a summer camp is. Yes. When we were kids, we, every summer we would go to a camp for at least like usually for at least for 30 days or something. And then you would experience so many things together in a group. Usually people would be like divided by a group of certain age. Uh And then you have group projects, you have treasure hunting, you have like Boy Scout things, Girl Scout things. A big adventure, like parties, you learn a lot from each other and this type of thing. And I really want to focus this summer camp on this type of kind of experiences that brings a bit your uh, inner kid, because we all had these experiences uh, in our childhood, yeah. but actually make it in a way that we really practice peer-to-peer experiences, because every member who comes to the camp will also share something from their uh, expertise so that's how we can learn a lot from each other as well how many women do you want to invite to this camp i think 12 to 15 max just to create really comfortable safe space for everybody yeah that's very nice that's very cool i like the idea very nice you're invited (laughs) (laughs) yeah if i if i can absolutely well soon you will probably make an announcement about it exactly i'll read more about it very cool 
So uh, we mentioned that you you worked on the website called Authentic Dutch Brands, and also currently you have uh, Amsterdam on board. Um, how hard is it for an expert woman to actually start a business in the Netherlands? And I'm not even talking about bureaucracy, because from what we might all know, bureaucracy in the Netherlands is is not that, it's not that bad as maybe in in the countries from where we come from, but uh, how is it meant? Is it hard to actually overcome all the challenges of the of the culture mm-hmm. and build a successful business? What would you say? I think that Netherlands is one of the friendliest countries when it comes to opening your business, and as you already said, like all the bureaucratic details and everything. I think especially uh, when it's a one-man's business, it's super easy. And uh, like you just approach uh, Cafe local chamber of commerce with your application, tell you what you plan to do and get a green light and uh, pay a little opening fee and that's it. So I was really surprised to see um, to see that how easy is the process. And... Uh, uh, also, like besides that, there's so many materials and courses that uh, even like Dutch government itself provide for entrepreneurs. And uh, yeah, okay, all of them are in Dutch. Yeah. So it's a little challenge, but uh, you know, like we all can use Google Translate. So yeah. Um, yeah, and Amsterdam is the city for for opportunities, for meetups, for lectures, for workshops. So you can basically learn pretty much everything that you need you can meet new people uh, you can uh, build your network and um, yeah so the start of the process is quite easy i would say Um, maybe it takes uh, like preparations Mm -hmm. but you never experience the obstacles that you probably experience in in my own country right and of course, more interesting part comes when you start paying taxes and everything. So you then really see that you need to work hard to make your business sustainable. But uh, how is it building it? Was it? Did you have a positive experience building your brand in the Netherlands? Uh, I would say yes. Maybe my case is the like a little bit of exception in that because I didn't have to work with uh, all the audience with like. Uh, with Dutch people, with experts, uh, like international experts. So I, I've chosen uh, a target group and I work specifically with that group. So uh, knowing them and uh, the mentality and exactly. uh, mm-hmm. everything kind of gave me a lot of support because I knew what to do. Of course, like executioning was not always that, that easy. Um, there were some challenges, but still I think that... Yeah, what I learned from the project is that the um, power of the community is a real thing. So you can actually um, build your business based on this power of community. That is true. And how to build community, I would say, to provide what they need, provide a value to them that they were looking for. And then it kind of starts working for you. Word of mouth, people, people spread to people. Yeah, exactly. This is how actually, for instance, to actually prove it, this is how I found out about Amsterdam on board. It was a friend of a friend 
who mentioned it to my friend and my friend mentioned it to me and then this is how we all found out about it. Word of mouth. It's actually a real music for my ears every time I hear it <laughs> and I hear it really a lot. Uh, yeah, back to what I said like in the beginning, as a professional digital marketer, once I set myself a challenge like several years ago, I thought like, okay, well, one day I would like to create a project where I would never have to pay for commercials, for advertising, for really like promoting the part, you know? <laughs> so I was like, I never thought how to actually execute it, but I naturally, I think, tended to, to build something like that. Yeah. So what I did is actually that. And like these two years passed and I never ever paid once for any advertising. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's uh, really nice. <laughs> yeah, find your audience, give something that they really need or are looking for and... And that's it. And basically they start sharing it. I think this is quite uh, an interesting formula. Would you agree with that? Uh, I would say yes. Yeah. Uh, you really need to, like, in order to, uh, for people to actually wanting to share it, you should really work hard. But I think that is the part where you work the hardest and then it kind of pays itself. Yeah. And you also need the time to accelerate this growth, accelerate this sharing. You need to Maybe you need to prove yourself that it's actually there is value for the people. Exactly. Yes, I would say that for first year and a half, I was building a community and also like kind of personal brand, and then the last half year it's already started, started working to, for you. Yes. Okay. Okay. So one and a half years. Yeah. So. Do you have any advice for women? Would you recommend trying to open a company in the Netherlands? And do you have many, maybe any tips for them? Mm -hmm. Like what I would, um, before you actually answer the question, I would say that what we just mentioned, it, it might be maybe really important that you need to have sort of uh, patience maybe mm -hmm. because things don't start working out instantly. It has to, there has to be a time period after which it can actually start working for you. So would you agree that patience is one of them? Uh, patient I would definitely agree. with your work? Yes, yes, I would definitely agree with that. And um, uh, yeah, if you ask for the tip, I would say that um, know yourself first. And uh, what I mean with that, uh, like in order to start a business, you should really get to know your weak and strong sides and also know how to turn one thing, like kind of one into another. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, you will learn about yourself in the process, uh, but I'm talking more about the basics, uh, the foundation, your core values. Um, I think you should even formulate it to yourself verbally. Like, what is it important for you? What do you want to um, grow in your business? Uh, so get a clear idea what value you can deliver. And it can be shaped in so many ways, but the core will always stay the same. Mm -hmm. um, and also, I would say, use the power of communication. Like if you have a good idea, just attend different type of events, dive into new fields of knowledge and challenge yourself and uh, try to make connections. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you believe that network is important? I really do believe so. And did you have a network when you moved here? Uh, naturally, yes, almost immediately, because I started uh, to study in a business school. Yeah, so true. naturally it provided the first 
basic network. But then step by step, I started to really look for uh, people with whom I can make connection um, from outside of the school. And uh, it's actually quite interesting, like um, on the last one of the last events that you mentioned, also mm-hmm. this uh, intellectual dinner where we discuss like soft skills and hard skills. And um, in our opinion, um, like we discussed with guests, uh, what are the most valuable soft skills mm-hmm. nowadays? And what we agreed on uh, was that it's critical thinking, it's networking, it's uh, problem solving, creativity, mm-hmm. storytelling, uh, emotional intelligence, uh, time management, and um, personal branding. And I think that shaping these skills um, helps not only to integrate in a new society successfully, but it also helps to build a dream business. Yeah, I totally agree. These are, these are very important uh, skills to have, I think. It's really interesting. It's really good that you mentioned them right now, I think. Only like knowing this really gives value to exactly. to our listener. And please don't be like me several years ago. Don't think <laughs> that it's like, yeah, it's like made thing and you can't do anything without it. Like with, with it, I mean, you yeah. can always work in it and really develop the skills. Your favorite place in Amsterdam? Uh, I would say it's Amsterdam Marina uh, in North. On a boat? Uh, I, not <laughs> only on the boat. It's a really beautiful harbor with nice people and also with like a cute little cafe on the water with Therese. And also there I had my wedding uh, oh, on the nose, yeah. like on the bow of the boat with all our like friends and family standing on the flounder in front of us. So it was a really beautiful nice. place. So I got a really emotional connection with that. Awesome, awesome. Favorite uh, weekend getaway place? Do we talk about... Netherlands or Europe in general? It can be anything. <laughs> okay. Like if you had a chance to go on a getaway, where would you go? Uh, I would definitely go to Italy. Italy. Uh, Italy, yes. And I'm there quite often to be to be honest. So a couple of months ago, I made a, um, a community trip in Tuscany. And soon I will go there with my mom for the concert of Andrea Bacelli oh, yeah, in right. his native village. Favorite thing about uh, living on a boat? Okay, I would say uh, to go somewhere far, uh, to drop the anchor and uh, have an amazing sunset on the water, surrounded by nature. And I think for the next time, we will just invite uh, friends for a nice sunset dinner on anchor. Awesome, awesome, very cool. Something you want to try or do, but haven't still? It's an interesting question. You can uh, (laughs) interpret it in many ways, Um, but I would say it probably would be a skill. And uh, I would like to take the first eight courses. And I think uh, it's one of the most undervalued skills ever. Your craziest idea or a dream? Uh, I would say it's still maybe, I don't know, not very crazy, but it's quite realistic. (laughs) Which one? Um, I want to buy an old villa somewhere in Europe. And I want to rebuild it together with friends and family. And I want to create an art residence there. So, uh, so that creatives and entrepreneurs from all over the world can come there anytime to recharge, to learn, to share, and to get inspired. Very cool. I like it. Very oh, nice. You're also invited to come by. <laughs> yeah, I will. Let me know when, <laughs> when it's ready. Awesome. Is there something, the last phrase, advice, or a wish that you would want to give to your audience? 
Mm-hmm. I think you should really believe uh, in the power of community. And I would say that it would sound quite uh, woohoo. Um, yeah, if I would judge from myself from two years ago. Uh, but uh, once I joined uh, a camp of uh, entrepreneurs that were kind of co-living, co-working space in Sri Lanka, and I really started to see that um, one plus one is more than two. There's so many resources that we can share, so many things that we can learn from each other. Mm-hmm. So just use that resource and uh, give back and take things that you need. Awesome. Well, it's a wonderful advice, I think. And uh, of course, we will provide all the links to Marie in the description of the podcast. So you guys can find out more about Marie and her current business and about living on a boat as well. Uh, thank you, Marie, for being here. And I really like your last advice uh, uh, the, as well, because as As you guys know, we are building a women community as well, but more of international women where they can share their thoughts on our platform called Fashion Potluck. Thank you again. And uh, yeah, I hope to talk to you again in the future. Oh, thank you so much. And it was uh, real fun for me. And uh, therefore, it was very sustainable. Awesome. You guys can listen to the podcast in our SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and pretty much any other streaming, podcast streaming platform. Thank you and have a good day. Bye-bye.